four-part series called More Toxic Christian Beliefs. And we're talking about, uh, well, we're talking about beliefs that we can kind of glom onto as Christians that are actually toxic, that we feel like maybe they're, uh, they're good or they're spiritual or those things, but they're not. And uh, today I want to talk about this toxic belief that if I'm spiritual enough, I won't sin and I won't have bad feelings. I won't have negative feelings, right? And uh, this is one, I, I'll just be honest with you, I've fallen into this one many times. And it's not so much that I have felt that uh, if I'm spiritual enough, I won't sin, or I won't have bad beliefs, but I've sinned or had bad beliefs and thought, well, if I would have been more spiritual, right? I usually kind of, this is one that I fall into retroactively rather than proactively. And so... I've thought, it's like, if I spend enough time in prayer, if I read my Bible every day, if I, if I listen to the right podcasts, if I choose to just only listen to worship music, and I white-knuckle it through temptation, then I'm never going to sin, right? I'm never going to sin. It's not going to happen. It's just going to always be pure, right? And then I'm never going to feel emotions like depression uh, or anger or disappointment. And I'm, I'm kind of the type of guy that... that when I do sin, I beat myself up really bad. I beat myself up. Uh, if I do have negative emotions, I find myself like repenting for them. Uh, you know, forgive me for feeling that way. Um, the problem with this type of response to sin, this type of response to negative emotions, is that it doesn't, it doesn't allow uh, for true confession. It doesn't allow for me to receive God's grace and healing. God's forgiveness and His grace and His healing. Um, and I'll, I don't know, maybe, maybe I'm the only one here today. Maybe, probably, because you all are awesome. But maybe you found yourself in a situation, something like this. Maybe somebody betrays you. Or maybe you feel just a huge disappointment. You know, just, oh, something happened. Somebody did something. And now you're just super disappointed. And instead of just, like, feeling the feels, all right, you ask God to forgive you for feeling that way. Am I the only? Has anybody here ever asked God to forgive you for feeling a certain way? Anybody else? Okay, a couple, couple people have felt that way, right? And so what do we do is we just try to stuff those feelings down. God, forgive me for feeling disappointed in so-and-so. God, forgive me for feeling resentful. I shouldn't feel that way. Stuff, 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 stuff. Stuff it down. Hallelujah, all is good, all right? And, uh, and... I don't know, you know, uh, maybe you sin, and then you, and you beat yourself up. And it's almost like some of us believe that somehow, maybe without stating it, that when we became a Christian, we thought that we would never sin again in our lives. Right? I said the sinner's prayer, and I sinned a month later, a week later, a day later, and we're like, oh, I was never supposed to sin again. And then we beat ourselves up and beat ourselves up, and there's usually different responses to this, you guys. So there's usually three different responses that we give to sin or negative feelings when we're under this sort of toxic belief, right? And the first response is denial. We like to deny. And, and I, you know, I know. I've been there. I've denied. I'll never forget when I was just like, I don't know, a wee lad, sixth grade, and I got kicked out of the Royal Rangers program at my church. Yeah, I did. I did. Because one night... My friend Joe and I skipped. 
and we hid in the supply closet at the church. We did. And we found in the supply closet at the church this box of coffee packets. And we ripped everyone open and flung them all over the room. And it was so much fun. Sin is good for a season, right? It was so much fun until somebody yanked open that door and saw us there trashing that supply closet and told us to leave, right? And I'll never forget sitting there, Joe and I talking afterwards. We're little sixth graders. We're going, I can't believe they kicked us out. <laughs> we didn't really do anything. It's just coffee. Get a vacuum cleaner, you know. And we're, we're denying. We, didn't, we weren't owning up to our sins. But the, here's the thing about when we deny our sins, and we do it a lot. I mean, we do it a lot. You know, a lot of times when we sin, we blame somebody else. Well, if they wouldn't have made me so mad, if they wouldn't have done this, if they wouldn't have done that, you know. And, uh, uh, but when we deny our badness, we miss the blessing of experiencing God's grace, right? We, we miss it. And, and the unfortunate thing is that when people who deny their sins, a lot of times one of the side effects of people who deny their sins is they become very critical of others. So, you know, they're usually pointing out the sin of somebody else. You know, Jesus talked about getting rid of the plank in your own eye before you point out the speck in someone else's eye. Usually that plank eye guy or gal, right, is somebody who's living in denial of sin. And so they can't experience, they're not experiencing God's grace over that area, and so they find it very difficult to extend grace to other people. And so you find that people who are very critical towards others, are kind of that plank eye type person, are in denial of their sins, right? 1 John 1.8 says that if we claim to be without sin, who are we kidding? Come on. Ourselves, Right? If we claim to be without sin, we deceive ourselves. If we claim to be without sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not within us. Oh, you guys. We love to do this in the church a lot because we love to portray ourselves as having it all together. Don't we? Okay? But if we claim to be without sin, we're just deceiving ourselves. The truth is not within us. The truth is not within us. That's a hard pill to swallow, isn't it? It is. Okay, so the second thing that we tend to do to deal with our sin is we'll practice works. We'll try to work our way out of that sin. Okay? So we practice works. If, if we just do nice things for others, if we just read the Bible more, if we just kind of generally try harder, it'll make up for our faults and it'll ease our guilt. It'll ease our guilt, right? And so, uh, and, and we do this. I sinned, so you know what, man? I'm going to make sure that I don't miss prayer tomorrow. I sinned, so I'm going to make sure that I don't miss that devotional time. I sinned, so I'm going to make sure, make sure, right? I'm going to work my way out of it. And so, but all the good works in the world will not change you. All the good works in the world will not change us if we don't face and deal with our issues. So that's a problem. A lot of times we like to kind of spread good works over our sins. We like to kind of, we like to, you know, spread, you know, just trying harder and, and thinking that will make up for it. But guess what? Jesus kind of already made up for it. He already 
you know, paid the penalty for your sin. So there's no point in trying to penalize yourself and punish yourself to appease your guilt. That doesn't work through the issue. That just sort of covers it up and then you feel a little bit better about yourself. And that doesn't deal with the issues. The, the thing is, is that God wants us to deal with our stuff. God wants you to deal with your issues. Not cover them up with good works. Not criticize others. Not deny them. But he wants you to deal with your issues. And wants me to deal with my issues, right? And then the third thing that we like to do, and I talked about it before, I alluded it to earlier, is we like to beat ourselves up. We like, if we just beat ourselves up hard enough, if we get angry enough at ourselves, if we feel guilty enough, maybe it will cause us to change. And maybe I'll do better next time, right? And so those who might have uh, like a habitual thing, like a habitual sin, maybe it's pornography, maybe it's just bursting out with anger at your kids or whatever, you just kind of have this habitual thing. And we think that if we just beat ourselves up enough and feel guilty enough, it's not going to happen again. And does that ever work? No, right? And so we, we, it doesn't work, and we end up doing it again. Trying harder is not going to make up for our faults. It's not going to ease our guilt. You know, all the good works in the world won't change us, even if we beat ourselves up hard enough, right? Because here's the thing is, when we try to do works to make up for our sin, there's a term for that that's called legalism. We're, 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 we're being legalistic at that point when we're trying to just try harder and do works. And it only brings condemnation on ourselves. Like, like, like when we're just beating ourselves up, we're just heaping condemnation on ourselves, and it creates this internal condition where we keep repeating those same sinful patterns. So we're going we're gonna to just look at the words of David this morning, King David, and we're going to see what Scripture says about this. How can we overcome this toxic belief it's awfully quiet in here, so it's either hitting a nerve or y'all are tired from losing an hour of sleep. So maybe both, but we'll find out. So let's pray. God, we love you so much, and I pray that you would deliver us from toxic beliefs. Lord, deliver us from toxic beliefs. God, we want to walk in that life abundantly that Jesus promised. We want to encounter your life, life, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, so I'm going to read to you uh, the words of King David. A lot of times we think about King David and we think he's the one who did everything right, right? If you ever read the Bible, you know that's not true, right? He never had a bad thought. David never had a besetting sin. He, just, he was just a man after God's own heart. End of story. Yes or no? No, right? And so uh, he had a lot of issues. David had a thing for women. David loved his women. He had a lot of wives. He had a lot of concubines. were basically just a stable full of women to have sex with whenever he wanted to, right? I mean, so, sorry, kids, whole couple years. Um, right? I mean, this is the guy who, when he was supposed to be off to war, he was like, uh, you know, uh, peeping toming, you know, on, uh, uh, on a woman as she, Bathsheba, as she was bathing on her rooftop, which is, I guess, something they did back then. Um, you would roll right off my roof if you tried to do that here. So don't try. Um, But he felt feelings of anger. He felt feelings of betrayal. And this was his response in Psalm 31, 9 through 19. He says this. He says, Have mercy, mercy on me, Lord, for I am in distress. Tears blur my eyes. My body and soul are withering away. I am dying 
from grief. My years are shortened by my sadness. Sin has drained my strength. I am wasting away from within. Wow, this is just real honest feelings, first of all. Like, but David, if you read these words, I mean, they're very honest, vulnerable feelings before God. You know, he's not coming before God and going, you know, I'm just a little disappointed, right? You know, I just, I, I, I might have messed up a little. You know, I mean, things, you know, isn't, you know, I mean, I guess I'm a little to blame. You know, he's, he's, he's blasting it all out, right? Sin has drained my strength, he says. He's just coming right out and saying it. God, my own sin has drained my strength. I'm wasting from within. I'm scorned by all my enemies and despised by my neighbors. Even my friends are afraid to come near me. When they see me on the street, they run the other way. I'm ignored as if I were dead, as if I were a broken pot. I have heard many rumors about me, and I'm surrounded by terror. My enemies conspire against me, plotting to take my life. Gosh, listen to his heart. I've sinned, and I'm miserable. I'm depressed. I feel betrayed. My friends are ignoring me, right? He's just, and he's in fear, and he's in fear. So how many times have we, have we felt fear and asked God to forgive us for feeling fear because we shouldn't fear, right? And so he's just, he's laying it all out there. He's just letting his soul be bare before God, all right? And so he says, but I'm trusting you, O Lord. I'm saying you are my God. My future is in your hands. Rescue me from those who hunt me down relentlessly. Let your favor shine on your servant. In your unfailing love, rescue me. Don't let me be disgraced. O Lord, for I call out to you for help. Let the wicked be disgraced. Let them lie silent in the grave. Silence their lying lips, those proud and arrogant lips that accuse the godly. How great is the goodness you have stored up for those who fear you. You lavish it on those who come to you for protection, blessing them before the watching world. Yeah. So listen, if there's one thing that you can remember this morning, one thing that I want you to take away is this, and it's because God accepts our fallenness, we can too. All right? Because God accepts our fallenness, we can too. God's not beating you up. Don't beat yourself up. Okay? Our fa- we are living in a fallen condition until we see Jesus face to face. Now, I'm not saying that we're to become comfortable in a state of sin. That's not what I'm saying. Okay? But rather that we don't try to deny it. We don't try to beat ourselves up for it. We don't try to appease our guilt with works. What I'm saying is God still loves you. God still loves you no matter what negative feelings you've had God still loves you no matter what your failures are God still loves you no matter what sin you've done He doesn't reject you when you're bad I think a lot of us have this sort of like rejection thing because maybe we had parents that were very hard on us when we were bad right? I know for myself I knew that with my parents there was a bit of a cooling off period Right? Especially my dad. If I did something wrong, I knew that there was probably a couple days when I probably just shouldn't talk to him. Because he was mad at me. Right? And sometimes we like to take that sort of response to our badness and project that on God. I've done bad, and he probably just, he probably didn't want to talk to me right now. He probably wouldn't, if I came to him and I asked him for help, he'd probably say no. Okay? 
And so we project that sort of cooling off period, that anger that our parents had when we, or we, we perceived our parents as having when we were young, and we project that on God, but that's not God. He still loves you. He doesn't reject you when you're bad, right? And so uh, when, when we can take our fallenness to God, and, and this is important, you guys, I want you to hear this. We can take our fallenness to God, and we can take our fallenness to each other to our brothers and sisters in Christ. Okay? Why do we do that? Well, that's hard for some people. I, like, it's funny. I've, I've kind of sat in, like, prayer circles before, and, and, and we've, we've gone, well, what do you need prayer for? What are you struggling with? And, and a guy would go, yeah, I'm just really struggling with, you know, pornography right now. And you know what? Right now I'm just really struggling because I'm having a hard time liking my kids. And another guy might say, you know, I'm just really struggling. And he'll just reveal his heart. And then you'll always have that one guy that'll go, you know, just pray for me. I just have some unspokens. Unspokens. Right? I just have some, I just, you know, and they don't want to reveal it because they don't trust their brothers and sisters because they are denying it. Right? They're, they're, they're trying to cover it with good works. Right? And so we don't want that. We want to be able to take and be honest with our brothers and sisters. And of course, you know what? Maybe not every brother and sister, but at least have a couple trusted people that you can speak to honestly, okay? And so, and through those safe relationships, we find healing. And we find that love, right? We find that healing that leads to love and then the good deeds that come out of that healing, not out of a sense of legalism and beating ourselves up for our sin. This is so important, you guys. The amazing thing is, is that the more we face our shortcomings, the more we receive grace from God, right? You know, what did Paul say? Where sin is, grace abounds. Where sin is, grace abounds. And when we're honest with our sin, when we're honest with our shortcomings, it's like, oh, more grace and more grace. But when we're not honest with our sin, when we're not honest with our shortcomings, you ever notice that when we fall into denial, when we fall into those, we don't experience the grace, Okay, we experience a poor substitute for grace. And so uh, we, it's okay. Because unless we believe it's okay to reveal our badness and pain to the grace of God and His church, it'll never be healed. Right? What's hidden isn't healed. What you hide doesn't heal. And it's important to understand that. What you hide doesn't heal. What you don't reveal, you can't heal. And so it's important that we understand that. And the amazing thing is, is the more we face our shortcoming, the more we receive the grace of God, okay? And when we receive the grace of God, here's, here's like one of the, a cool byproduct of receiving the grace of God. When you receive the grace of God, you know what happens? You become more loving. You become more like Jesus. When you receive the grace of God, you become more loving. And I don't know about you guys, but I know that I could stand to become a little more loving. I could become a more loving person. And after all, isn't that what this whole journey is all about during this phase of our life? Is that we are just journeying to become more and more like Jesus? We become more like Jesus when we are transparent and we receive God's grace and His healing. Yes. So the second thing is, it's so important to understand. So the first is that sinfulness is normal. It's just normal. It's just normal. You know, remember 1 John 1.8. If we claim to be without sin, we fool ourselves. We're fooling ourselves. 
sinfulness during this phase in our existence is just, it's normal. Now, we're not like, you know, we don't use that as an excuse to sin more. <laughs> but we have to understand that it's just, it's not like, whoa, where'd that come from? I sinned. I had a negative thought. What? I thought I wasn't supposed to anymore. No, it happens. And here's the thing that I've noticed, that when we understand that sinfulness is normal, when other people offend us, we don't have to go, I can't believe they did that. We actually kind of get to the point where we go, I can believe they did that. I, I, can, I can believe it. I can believe that they did that, and I can have grace for that. I can have grace for that. Because I'm not perfect either. Okay? And so, do we have a new nature? Yes, we do. And in fact, the fact that you feel the Holy Spirit's conviction when you sin is evidence of your new nature. Okay? So the fact that you even feel that conviction, that's evidence. That's that, that new nature working in you. That's that sanctification, sanctification, what God has done on the inside, working its way on the outside. Okay? But you're not going to be fully perfect until you stand face to face with Jesus in the next life. That's when you'll be perfect. That's when sin won't be normal. Okay? And so sinfulness is normal. It's a part of being alive. Okay? And then the, the next thing is, is that negative feelings are normal. Negative feelings are normal, and they're not sinful when they arise from a sin against you. When someone has sinned against you, when someone has betrayed you, and you feel a negative feeling, you don't need to go, God, forgive me for feeling that way. It's normal. And if you don't feel that way, I'd feel like maybe there's something wrong. Right? You know, I've been betrayed. I know. It's natural to feel hurt. It's natural to feel angry. Not all negative feelings are sin. Not all negative feelings are sin. They're not pleasant. Right? And they can lead to sin if you let them. But feelings are just that. Feelings are feelings. And uh, to be well, we have to process the normal response to being hurt in a fallen world. We live in a fallen world. And even in the church, you know, we put such high expectations on the church, it's ridiculous. I don't understand why that is. It's like we think, oh, well, the church should be perfect, and if it doesn't meet this standard, usually a standard set by ourselves, right? And if it doesn't meet this standard, well, then, oh, the church, what a harlot. Church is just a prostitute. Well, the church is you. The church is you, Right? And it's like, so we have to understand that, that that's just the, it's the world that we live in, okay? And when you feel hurt and when you feel negative feelings in this fallen world, it's normal. We need to take our feelings to God, and we can take our sins to trusted friends, right? Trusted brothers and sisters, and we can experience healing that way. We can experience healing that way. You know, sometimes my, you know, I, I, I cherish and, and I have a wonderful relationship with my wife. You know, we have this relationship where uh, she can look at me and go, I'm just feeling X, Y, and Z. And there a lot, and we're talking about negative things. She usually doesn't come up to me and go, I'm just feeling super happy. Um, you know, that's not the case. I say, but she might come up to me, I'm just feeling betrayed. I'm just feeling, uh, you know, disappointed. I'm, ju- I'm feeling angry. And she cries when she's angry, just so that, you know. So that's her special thing. I don't know. It's just always, always been that way. She, whenever she's angry, she cries. And, and, and I can do the same for her. And we don't judge each other for the way that we feel. I'm not, I'm not going to judge her. If she, and even if she's feeling massive doubt. 
And she's just going, I just feel let down by the Lord, and I feel a lot of doubt. I can sit next to her and go, okay. Well, you know, let's pray. I'm not going to judge you, and she's not going to judge me when I'm feeling bad. And I think that's a great representation of how our, we should be in the body of Christ, is to be able to say, I'm just feeling X, Y, and Z, and we go, okay, let's pray for each other. Let's pray. It's okay. I'm not going to judge you for feeling the way that you feel. And uh, if we are judging people for the, way that we, for the way that they feel, it's probably because we're dealing with our sin through denial, practicing works, or beating ourselves up. Okay? Because if we're going to beat ourselves up, you're darn sure we're going to beat other people up. Okay? And so uh, we have to understand that it's normal. It's not sinful. Uh, take our feelings to God and trusted friends where we can experience healing. And then the last thing is, is that we have to be people who grow in the gospel of grace. Right? We're growing in the gospel of grace. Any feeling or behavior that we feel condemned for, think about this. I'm going to say this slowly. I'm going to start over because I really want you to hear this. Any feeling or behavior that we feel condemned for is a signal that we have not accepted the grace of God in that area. Okay? I'm going to say it again. Any feeling or behavior that we feel condemned for is a signal that we have not accepted the grace of God. And so we want to be people who accept the grace of God, right? Accept the grace of God. I know a lot of people, they talk about guilt being such a great motivator. I don't agree. I don't agree because you can't, you can't live under the taskmaster of guilt forever without it breaking you eventually or without you going, I'm done feeling guilty. I'm going to go do whatever I want to do, right? That's not grace. And we've probably all known people, right? We've probably all known people who've come to church and they've given their lives to Jesus and it just seems like they've they experienced this, this radical transformation and then six months, a year, two years, three years later, all of a sudden they're just gone. Where'd they go? I don't know. I, I heard that they've pretty much just turned their back on the Lord. Well, it's because they never allowed God's grace into their lives. Instead, it was this, this sense of guilt. It was this sense of legalism. And so we've got to grow in the gospel of grace, Okay. So here's the thing. Christ died for us. Christ died for us. And he made it safe for us to own our badness. Right? Christ died for us and he made it safe for us to own our badness and not fear it anymore. Hebrews chapter 10 tells us that we can come to God with full assurance because we've been washed from a guilty conscience. Huh. That's crazy. You can come to God in full assurance assurance. So it doesn't matter what guy you are sitting around that, that, that little prayer circle saying that they're struggling with this or they had that sin or they did that thing. They can still go to God with full assurance that God accepts them and receives them. You know, they don't have to worry that they're going to come to God and God's going to uh, come back in a couple of days. Too mad to talk to you right now. Right? And so that's not the thing. Christ died for us. And it's not about our badness. It's about his goodness. And we've got to understand that. You know, we get, in, our, in our Christianity, we get so focused on our badness instead of being focused on his goodness. And when we're focused on his goodness, that's when exciting stuff happens. That's when transformation really happens. Okay? And so because God accepts our fallenness, we can too. Right? We don't need to hide it. We don't need to put on masks. We don't have to put on facades. We don't have to pretend that we're perfect, that we got it all together, that we're so holy, right? We don't need to do those things. We can just be real. Don't you find real people refreshing? 
I do. I do. Because here's the thing. When I get around people that are real, I find it easier for myself to be real. I find it easier for myself to confess, to be honest. I find it easier for myself to just drop down, you know, drop the facade and, and just be honest. I love that about my accountability partner. I meet with a guy every other week. We sit and we have brunch together every other week. We sit there for an hour and we just go, yeah, I really dropped the ball in this area. Yeah, I wasn't so good in that area. And we hold each other accountable and we pray for each other. We need people in our lives that we can be that with, right? Guys, if you don't have somebody in your life that you can just look in the eye and go, you know, pray for me. I'm struggling with porn this week. Or pray for me. I, I, I've been doing a lot of like gutter talk at work or I've been, you know, complaining a lot at work. I've been doing the whole water cooler thing, talking about how I can do everything better. If you don't have somebody like that in your life that you can, that you can be honest with, get somebody. Get somebody in your life. And somebody who's not going to get all awkward when it's time to pray for each other. Right? I don't know what it is about guys, but like guys just don't seem to like to open their mouths and pray out loud. Guys, just do it. Just get with a guy that you can pray out loud with. Just get with a guy that you can go, hey man, let me pray for you. Let me bless you. Okay? These are important things. These are important things because the more that we like to kind of put that layer of protection, the more we like to kind of build that wall, that shield around us to protect our appearance and to protect our persona and all those things, the more we deny ourselves the grace of God and that growth that really, really happens. You know, growth doesn't really happen in hiding. Okay? And so, uh, I'm sorry, I'm, I'm getting way off, but listen. Okay? <laughs> okay, so we can come to God with full assurance because God accepts our fallenness, we can too. We don't need to hide anymore. We can take our fallenness to each other and to God and through those safe relationships, we can experience healing. We can experience healing. All right, so what I want to do is I just want to close this morning. And uh, Wendy, would you come? Uh, I'm just going to close it out, say a prayer. But um, how do I want to do this? Holy Spirit, come. We love you and we praise you. Holy Spirit, we love you. Come and have your way. Come and have your way, Holy Spirit. Did you have anything? Okay. So let, let me pray. I just want to pray like this. Um, There's something about, you know, when we draw near to God, when we sort of, like I said, let those facades down, we experience such a really neat grace. And so, um, if this is a toxic belief that you feel like maybe you have allowed to creep in, um, can I just pray? I just want to pray for you. I just want to pray for you. I believe God wants to set you free. And so if, if that is you, um, just give me a little wave. Give me a little wave so I can see you and pray for you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anybody else while I'm praying? Yeah, yeah. Okay. All right. God, we praise you. We praise you. And we thank you, God, that you, you're, you're so good. 
God, you literally delivered us from the law, and we just for some reason love that law. <laughs> we, we just put ourselves back under that law. Ah, oh, God. But you came that we would have life and life abundantly. You came to give us free freedom because him whom the Son sets free is free indeed. So God, I just speak freedom. I speak the courage to be honest. I speak the courage to be transparent. God, I speak the courage, Lord, not to deny, not to try to cover it up with good works. God, not to, uh, not to justify or, or cover things up with legalism, God. But God, I pray, Lord, that we would be people that respond to you, God, uh, with the full confidence and assurance that what you have for us is not anger and condemnation. You have grace. And it's in that grace is that we receive it, God. We're transformed. We're changed. We encounter you. And so what I do, I pray for every person this morning, God, who is under this, this toxic belief. I pray, Lord, that you would deliver them, that you would give them signs of your grace today, Lord, encountering you. God, you're wonderful. In Jesus' name, amen.